In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here, that you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. Today is the great solemnity of uh, the three archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. In In particular, it's a solemnity here in Toronto because our cathedral is dedicated to St. Michael, the Archangel. So it's a big deal. It's going to be a major solemn mass for sure. And uh, it's dedicated to that archangel whose name we know. There used to be a feast dedicated exclusively to St. Michael, but after the liturgical reform, they were all united into one feast. These are the three archangels whose names we know. There are probably many other archangels, in fact, myriads and thousands and who knows how many. Uh, But these are the ones that are mentioned in the scriptures and that have a specific role to play for us, to intercede for us. Pope Benedict said that they are very, very close to God. The archangels, all the angels are extremely close to God. They're worshiping, they're in front of God, they're adoring God right now. And precisely because they are so close to God, they are they can also be very close to us. And they are with us right now. We don't see them, but they are very, very, very real. And they really exist. They do not exist simply in our minds. They are not myths. They are not simply symbols that have been articulated in different cultures. They are just as real as those people walking their dogs this morning. They're just as real as your sister, just as real as, as this table, or just as real as electricity that is keeping the lights on here. You, you don't see the electricity, but you do see the effects. You see the warmth, or you feel, rather you feel the warmth, you see the light, the glow, the power of electricity. And it's only because electricity has generated an immense power that it can have an effect. But the angels, we have to imagine, they are present right here. Right here where we are right now. They are right next to you also. Seated next to you. They don't need room. They don't need to do any social distancing at all. So they're cool. They're, you know, they could be, they could be reading the words as you're reading the words when you're reading scripture or any text for that matter. They're not these little cute, cuddly, comfortable, chummy, little sort of blonde-haired figures, although that's how we represent them, like here. (laughs) We represent them, these dainty, Figures, much more likely that they're, if we were really suddenly to see them as they really are in all their 
entity that they're much more fearsome, formidable, huge warriors. In many ways, you could say there are the true extraterrestrials. Every now and then you hear people talking about UFOs and, and uh, extraterrestrials, you know, do, is there life on other planets? Well, these are the real extraterrestrials that are actually true, the real, you know, supermen or the, the super aliens that exist, but they are far beyond any fictional creatures you've ever heard about aliens. Right? They, they really do exist. And their minds are far more brilliant than Einstein or any other brilliant mind that you can come up with. And we can see this in today's Gospel, where we have a small, short dialogue between uh, our Lord and Nathaniel. And Nathaniel proclaims to Jesus that he is the King of Israel. You are the king of Israel, Jesus answered him, because, because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree. Do you believe? You shall see greater things than these. He said, truly, truly I say to you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending upon the Son of Man. And as our Lord said that, he could probably see all these angels of God ascending and descending just like Jacob did when he was on the river Jabbok he saw angels ascending and descending many theories about what that means the fathers of the church said uh, it was the love of God the, the uh, uh, you know the eros and the different forms of way in which we express love ascending love descending love and, of course, our Lord, being God, he could see. He could see perfectly. And probably when he was on the cross, he could see angels helping him. Sometimes there are representations of uh, Jesus on the cross, and uh, blood is flowing, and, and there are angels capturing the blood in, in these little chalices. And, well, it's, for us, it's a nice artistic uh, flair, a nice artistic touch, but, but Jesus really would have seen those angels with his celestial, you could say that, his celestial vision. And so today we want to see if those angels are so close to God and so real and so present, how can they really be true and present in our life? Particularly today, the ones, the only ones that are really named in the scriptures, Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael, they're, they're named. I mean, there's also... Beelzebul, who's also named, but he's a bad angel, so we, we're not too interested in him too much. But he does exist as well. Right? And, uh, and uh, what, what is the fact that we know their names? I mean, God wanted to reveal their names, although there are many others, uh, but he wanted to reveal their names. And they all, all the archangels end with El, Michael, Gabriel, Raphael. It means El, the El is the Hebrew for God. So, so in their very name, the name, the word of God, or, or, or the name God, is in there, and uh, and we will we can see you know what this what this really means. Um, Michael, is, he is like God. Gabriel, 
like Michael, like God really means he who is like God or who is like God as a question. Who, who can be like God? Who can be like God? In, in front of anybody who would challenge God. Who can try to be like God? That's why Michael, you know, who can be like God? And uh, uh, Gabriel uh, means God's strength the strength of God. He's the one who comes into the Annunciation. And, and Raphael means the healing, the healing, the medicine of God. But all, all three come together. I, I heard of a family uh, that had three boys and they were, their names were Michael, Gabriel, and Raphael. And uh, they all celebrated today on the same day. It was very economical. They didn't have to separate dates. And they were actually born on September 29th. So the parents said, "Well, there we have, uh, we have the names of our boys." Right? And uh, I guess uh, if it had been a girl, they would have said Gabriella or whatever, you know, or Michaela or yeah, Raphaela. So there's the female versions as well. Yeah. And uh, the archangels are neither men or women; they're just angels. And uh, but the fact that we know them and that they're together in this feast is something quite fundamental because it is important for us to be united. Particularly, we know that if we go back now to 1932, we can picture St. Josemaria, the founder of Opus Dei, who had gone to Segovia. Segovia in Spain is an ancient city. As you probably know, it has a famous Roman aqueduct dates, I think, to the first century. And uh, you Google Segovia, and that's the first thing you'll see. Segovia Aqueduct. Go and see the aqueduct. And I, I presume it has been numerous times uh, fixed up and renovated. But uh, there are also lots of old churches in Segovia, ancient buildings. But it doesn't hurt that it has the uh, Sierra of uh, Guardarama just behind it, this beautiful mountain range as a backdrop, backdrop. So it's a beautiful, beautiful city. And in that kind of historic context, including this, there's a famous castle there, the Alcathar Castle, uh, that is often pictured in romantic paintings of Spain and of, of Segovia in this strategic location. Uh, the royalty used to hang out there. But... St. Josemaria went there in 1932 in this beautiful setting and he went into the, the, the monastery there of the discussed Carmelites. He went there on retreat, surrounded by all this history, by all this beauty, both natural and historical beauty. It must have been quite something. I, I don't know, today we would go there and uh, who knows how, how much has changed, but he was in complete isolation. He said, I was on retreat in the monastery of the discussed Carmelites in Segovia, in complete isolation, as was my custom, without anyone to accompany me or direct a meditation. I spent long periods of prayer in the chapel, where the remains of St. John of the Cross lie buried. Indeed, there's, a, there's an altar there, and there's a big kind of redable, and there you can see the, the place where he's buried. There in that chapel, 
I had the interior motion to invoke for the first time the three archangels and the three apostles whose intercession all the members of the work beseech each day in our precious. From that moment on, they have been the patrons of the three works that make up Opus Dei. Precious are the, the, the prayers we say every day and uh, the, the three branches he referred to are the numeraries that he entrusted to St. Michael, those, are the, those who live apostolic celibacy and dedicate themselves to the formation of uh, the other members of the work by living, usually living in centers and dedicating themselves like that. Then <clears throat> the supernumeraries, or the married people, he, he gave St. Gabriel, and the young people in general, and the apostle of the young people to St. Raphael. Those are three branches. Those are three kind of um, sort of areas the, of the apostolate that uh, Opus Dei dedicates itself to. And uh, they're pretty clear. They're different uh, states in life, you could say. They require different attention. But, of course, the substance is the same. And what is fundamental that these archangels protect us is that they, they are there to help us maintain unity. Unity in the work, unity in Opus Dei, so that we be free of any internal divisions, any camps or any, who knows, any kind of diverse interpretations. Uh, we, for us to avoid that, that terrible disunity, we need the power of the archangels to unite us because they are so close to God that they keep us together. They keep us together. And not just the angels and the archangels that have this role of ensuring unity because you know, they're right now there adoring God. And, and since they have no body, they, they're purely spiritual, they could be all over the place. They can be everywhere. They're not hindered by time, by space, by walls, by, by, by anything. So the way we live the spirit of Opus Dei here in Toronto, and the way we live it in Africa, in Asia, and has its cultural differences naturally, with the languages and whatever differences there are in culture, but there's, there's a fundamental unity that is lived there in the spirit of Opus Dei. It's a very, like a unique spirituality that we live. And in some way, the angels, they're, they're, they're just saying, in, they're, they're in Asia, they're here, they're in uh, you know, Latin America, they're everywhere. And they're kind of keeping things when we invoke them, when we invoke them. And... Um, that's why it's, it's very good to be conscious of the angels, just like Jesus was when he spoke to Nathaniel. He said, you, saw, you think that was good? You're going to see the angels of, of God ascending and descending. In fact, it's happening right now. They're ascending and descending right here in front of us. If we, you know, because that would, wouldn't that provoke such a, such a supernatural attitude in us? Yeah. Every time... Somebody goes on a trip, you know, the girls, you, you always do that. Uh, somebody's going, the, the priest is about to leave, and the girls come and say, Father, can you give us a blessing for the trip? Uh, 
and uh, oh, okay, yeah, sure. Uh, well, where are you going? Oh, we're going wherever this place, uh, in car, on the train, and wherever. And of course, the first thing that we have in the blessing is the invocation of the of the angels. We ask the angels because they're well, they don't need a seat on the plate. They just go, you know. They just come with you, and um, and they and they have that role to protect us and that knowledge that they're there to protect us. Who knows? Maybe the archangels too. They they do that too. That that is uh, they travel. That is, but usually we refer to that more. It's usually the task of the guardian angels. But still, you know, maybe they're multi-purpose. I don't know. But uh, but on that day, 1932, for us specifically, though the angels have always existed, you know, a bit, like a little girl asked me once, uh, "Father, I have a guardian angel." And he's here right now, right? Yeah, oh yeah, 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 he's here right now. Okay, so he's watching me ever since I was born, right? Like he was created specifically for me, right? I said, yeah, 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 he was, yeah, for sure, yeah. I was wondering, where, where, this, where is this going? You know? And she said, so he's been created for me, he's been watching over me every time I'm playing and, and recreation, and yeah, 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 yeah. And she said, well, what happens when I die? Where's he going to go? He's made for me, so where does he end up? Or any guardian angel of people who have died. And I was, I have to say, I was stumped. I, I, I don't know. Um, I, I, I think I told her I'd get back to her, you know, but, uh, but uh, I don't know if anybody knows the answer. But maybe there's a whole stack of guardian angels, you know, with uh, dead people. But I'm sure, I'm sure they, they still have a good role to play in some way. You know? Certainly, they're probably there in, in the in purgatory doing something there. But but Saint Michael, Saint Michael specifically, if we go back to the archangels, his work is to look after the, in, for our case, the formation of the numeries and the associates in the in Opus Dei. That is to sustain it, to improve it, and really. You know, the work of St. Michael seeks to give good spiritual, doctrinal, moral formation to the numeries and the associates in their personal dedication. That is undertaken for love of God, out of gift of themselves, so that that dedication may be effective as possible. And uh, numeries need to be strong, fighters like Michael. I mean, Michael is shown as a fighter, and he destroys the devil and his treacherous, treacherous works. That's how he's shown. As you know, he's always shown in armor, and he's destroying the, the, the devil. There's a powerful passage in which he protects the child from Our Lady in the book of Revelation. We were told we are told that a war broke out in heaven. A war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fighting against the dragon. And the dragon and his angels fought, but they were defeated. And there was no longer any place for them in heaven. And the great dragon was thrown down, the ancient serpent, who's called the devil and Satan, the deceiver. <coughs> the deceiver of the whole world. He was thrown down to the earth and his angels were thrown down with him. 
And that was, that was Michael that did that. And uh, if you go to uh, Ecuador and uh, in uh, Quito, there's a beautiful hill there that oversees the city. And in the 1970s, they were thinking they wanted to build some kind of monument there. And some of the people in the city said, we should, we should build a statue of, a, of an indigenous figure. And others said, no, let's, let's do a large figure of, of Our Lady. And in the end, the, uh, the statue that was shown was this figure of Our Lady, but with wings, with wings. So you look at it, you don't know if it's an angel or if it's Our Lady. But in the end, it was Our Lady who was taken by wings you know, away from that devil. And it's, it's, it's the, the woman of the apocalypse. And uh, it's a beautiful, huge, immense statue that oversees the whole city. And so those wings somehow have something to do with the protection of St. Michael. And uh, sometimes, as I say, he's, he's shown somewhat effeminate, wearing that military garb, often with a shield, with a sword. And when you think about the number of works of art that have been made showing St. Michael, they are, I mean, many, many, you know, all over, all over the world. And often on these large buildings like Castel Sant'Angelo in Rome, just outside of St. Peter's, where the popes used to take refuge when they were attacked by, for different reasons. And of course, his name, Michael, Quis Sicudeus in Latin. Quis Sicudeus. Who is like God? It is a phrase that is seen in many emblems and many shields and many coats of arms. And it's a, but it's a rhetorical question in front of the devil. Lucifer, who, who was also an angel created by God, but who rebelled and did not, did not like, you could say, the competition and wanted more attention. And he wanted, because of his luminosity, and in some ways his greatness, he wanted, he was kind of like in competition with God. And he wanted more glory, Lucifer. And he rebelled. And, and that's why Michael says, who, like, who is like God? Are you trying to be like God? You can't be like God. And um, so he, when he's saying, who is like God? He's really saying, you know, who can you... Who can challenge God? Who can seek to confront Him somehow? Who can decide? Although, in other words, who can decide on His own meaning, on His own purpose, on His own existence? In some mysterious way, Michael is protecting us from creating our own purpose, our own meaning. We all have to have meaning in this life. But meaning and purpose, in some ways, is something that is given to us. It's given to us by God who created us. He created us for a purpose. And Michael protects us from a kind of empty alley, empty road of making our own design. Just living for ourselves, ultimately, in some way. Only God creates and only God gives life. And he is the life, he is the master of life and death. And so, what can we do? Well, we, we need to freely determine where 
our life is going. Where's my life going? What do you want from me, Lord? What's, what's the meaning of my life? What's the purpose of my life? Why did you create me? And the, the real uh, existential dynamics that, that the Lord has given to us. And Michael kind of points us back to God so that we can pray and be open to, to, God's, uh, to God's grace and be willing to, to sort of forge what we have been given from our circumstances, from our, you know, the, yeah, the situation that we're in. And for that, of course, we need courage. We need courage to embrace what is given to us. And certainly Michael is there to give us that courage in front of the challenges. You know, sometimes in life, life is good. We enjoy, we enjoy life. We're, we're, you know, I'm sure here you're surrounded by good people and, and uh, you know, you have good get-togethers and, you know, yeah, sometimes studies can be challenging and difficult and we have to work hard, I understand. Uh, but then other times in life, uh, things are more difficult. More responsibilities are saddled. You're saddled with more responsibilities. You have to, you encounter maybe difficult people that are very annoying, that are hard to deal with. And life somehow becomes less fun, right? less fun. Um, but we cannot let those things paralyze us. You know, it, is a, it is a sign of immaturity that a person only you know, perseveres in something when it's fun. Michael is the champion of courage, of protection, of integrity, of strength, and of truth. And he is sent to help us to overcome the fear that we might have so that we might, be, might not be paralyzed or frightened by the unknown or just by moments in life that are just a little bit more difficult. That's why he helps us to be soldiers, you know, in this war of peace. Soldiers so that we don't just live for ourselves or just live for mediocrity. And then there's, of course, St. Gabriel, uh, to whom St. Josemaria entrusted <clears throat> the apostle with married people. And, well, he is God's strength, so he's very romantic. He is always dressed in white. He's always very, what's the word, not good-looking exactly, but, uh, you know, he's always represented as very beautiful and kind of extending his hand as he does so with the Blessed Mother, opening horizons. It's like representing God's strength, but representing God's call. God's call. It's very related to, because, because he was there when Mary received the enunciation of God's call to be the mother of God. He is, God, Gabriel, you know, he looks good. He looks good. He says, I, I can do this. You know, you, we think that. And, um, and uh, at the same time, he also has the same strength as Michael in many ways. I mean, he is an angel, right? There's that powerful image that we get when Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, when he's, you know, he's a priest, so he goes into the, to the uh, sanctuary there to uh, put the, in the incense, and 
and there's a in in the Gospel of Saint Luke, we are told that as he's as he's um, doing that, suddenly he sees an angel there, at the right of the altar, and uh, and that angel says, "It's okay, do not fear." He has to tell them. The angels always say that. They always say, "Don't fear," because people like are immensely afraid when they see angels. And he talks, tells him that John the Baptist will be born and that he will be, do great things. He'll do wonderful things. He'll prepare the way for the mission of the Lord. And, and Zechariah says, how can I be sure of this? <laughs> like, he says, how do I know this? You know, I'm old. My wife is old. That's hard to believe what you're saying to me, basically is what he's saying. And then Gabriel says, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God. That must have been like, just to hear that. And of course, as you know, he can't speak. He suddenly can't speak. You know, he just, he was just there. He just ceased speaking. And um, that must have been one of the most intense, I mean, moments of, I mean, after that, Zechariah learned how to pray because of that intense moment with Gabriel. He wasn't seeing God, but he was seeing Gabriel. And he was by the altar. He was by the altar of incense. And today when we say the, the uh, Eucharistic prayer, there's a moment in which uh, we say in the, in the canon, in humble prayer, we ask you, Almighty God, command that these gifts be borne by the hands of your holy angel. You know, just after the consecration, we ask in some mysterious way that the angel take the body of our Lord, you know, that they that he somehow presented to God. To your altar on high, in the sight of your divine majesty, so that all of us who through this participation at the altar receive the most holy body and blood of, of your son. That's, yeah, that's Gabriel. And then, well, finally, we have to finish, but uh, Raphael, of course, the healer, He's in the book of Tobit, and he's always shown with a little fish in his hand. It's always a weird thing to show, to be carrying a fish. Well, because he, he's there to heal Tobit from blindness, and we, we sometimes become blind to the role of God, and he'll help us, St. Raphael, to flee superficiality, to flee activism, and, uh, and really to see... Uh, what God wants from us. He heals us from any blindness, especially just pure human vision. Let's ask St. Raphael for that, uh, well, for that grace to see clearer, just like, uh, just like Zechariah saw Gabriel and understood. Raphael too can help us see. He heals us from any kind of um, obtuseness or maybe rigidness or stubbornness and just following our, our own will and to see with the light of God that there are angels right here that will help us and guide us. And we ask St. Michael, St. Gabriel, and St. Raphael to keep us all united, especially to follow the way that God has planned for each one of us. And our Blessed Mother, also in there, also, we always invoke her, we, you know, she'll help us to make that a reality. I thank you, my God, for the good resolutions, affections, and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation. I ask your help to put them into effect. My Immaculate Mother, St. Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me.